Welcome to a special edition of the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi again, Alan. Uh, Good evening, Fred. Good evening, and we are very happy to have joining us the Senior Director of Automotive at NVIDIA, Danny Shapiro. Great to have you back with us, Danny. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, this week, NVIDIA is making a lot of news at the company's GPU technology conference this week. First off, Danny, your Drive Constellation simulation platform, which we got a preview of at the Consumer Electronics Show back in January, is now available. Pretty big news. Yeah, it's great. We're really excited about it. We've been hard at work developing the technology for over a year now, and uh, it's available. Uh, We announced our first customer for Drive Constellation, and that's Toyota, uh, the Toyota Motor, Toyota Research Institute in the U.S., and the Toyota Research Institute Advanced Development in Japan um, are all using NVIDIA technology to train and uh, and now simulate for testing and validation uh, all the AV technology. Describe for us how it's different from anything else that's been out there. That's that's a really good question. That uh, you know, essentially what we've done is, is created a, a way to bring autonomous vehicle test fleets to the cloud, right? Many, many companies now have a couple of vehicles, up to hundreds of vehicles that they're driving around. Uh, it's a very expensive prospect. Um, it's not the most efficient way to, to test hardware and software. It's certainly important to do. Um, but what we've done is built um, a, a server. Basically, it's two servers side by side. One we call the Constellation Simulator. It's full of our GPUs, and we're simulating what the sensors on an autonomous vehicle see, whether it's the cameras, the radar, the LIDAR. So we have a virtual environment um, with other vehicles on it. We can import maps, um, other vehicles, traffic scenarios. Um, a variety of different vehicle dynamics models are imported. So we essentially are mirroring what happens in the real world, but doing it in simulation. And we can change all kinds of variables. We can change the time of day. We can change road conditions. We can change the weather. We can make it rain. Um, and so that flexibility lets us test and validate all the edge cases that you really couldn't do in the real world. And we can run these virtual vehicles 24 hours a day. And so the output of the simulator uh, is fed into Uh, the actual hardware and software that's running in the car. So that's the second server, and we call it Constellation Vehicle. So the output of the simulator goes into the vehicle. Uh, We test and ensure that the software runs correctly. And then we take our driving commands, accelerate, brake, or turn left and right, and we feed that back into the simulator. So this is true hardware in the loop simulation, and we're running that loop 30 times a second. Yeah, I mean, that's really exciting that, that you've been able to bring it along that way, uh, Danny, because, uh, you know, doing this in simulation just um, allows one to be able to um, to validate the robustness of the of the systems and really um, uh, find limitations and then go in there and correct those limitations. So it's um, it's a really valuable thing to do. And as you mentioned, uh, trying to do that in the, in the real world is essentially impossible if not you know completely outrageously expensive uh but um, in simulation um it's it's the way to do it we've we've been using it in-house our our engineers love it because uh, instead of having to load the latest build of the software in the car and then go through safety checks and then two 
safety drivers take the car out by one behind the wheel, the other to observe everything and the, the safety driver. And suppose we wanted to um, test driving in fog across the Golden Gate Bridge. So we have to go through that process, drive an hour and a half up to Golden Gate Bridge, and we get up there and, oh, wait, it's not foggy even, right? So in the simulator, we can instantly put ourselves at the Golden Gate Bridge and turn fog on and test it over and over and adjust the lighting and adjust the traffic flow and adjust anything we want. Um, and we can just continue to run so many different types of scenarios based on um, you know, one specific location. So it's, it's great efficiency and the, the scalability is, is enormous. So if you were to have a thousand of our constellation nodes in your data center, running them 24 seven, um, you know, say we average 50 miles a day, that's 1.2 million miles um, a day, you know, at 50 miles an hour. Yeah, but even more, I mean, more than just the miles, I think um, the easy miles, um, uh, you know, you can do them. So there's really no use uh, going through them. Uh, but uh, then it's the, as we call them, the corner ca- ca- the corner cases. And uh, it's those corner cases that you can really then uh, uh, check the robustness of the system. I, I mean, uh, one of the comments that I make in smart driving cars is also, uh, to make, use uh, your 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 system as sort of a a um, verification environment. Uh, so let's say a nonprofit came out and put that together, and basically would then uh, not only uh, uh, create the the set of test cases uh, that basically one trips over when one's doing that um, in the real world. Uh, but then has an opportunity to, to test the, the systems uh, that people propose to, to put out uh, onto the onto the roads, and then um, you know do what NHTSA does, which is you know start awarding stars or good housekeeping seals of approval. Uh, but uh, that whole process of doing that, um, I think, um, to to help uh, uh, help uh, public or. Uh, uh, involvement and, and public respect uh, for the technology, I, I think, might be a uh, valuable thing to do with your system. No, you're right. It's, it's not just about the miles. And in, in simulation, we can make those miles extremely valuable by constantly having um, traffic in that we have to you know, adapt to, cars cutting us off. There could be pedestrians that we put walking out in front of the cars. We can make things fall off other vehicles, you know, things that happen in the real world, but not very often. But um, we, yeah, we can fill those miles up with, with challenging hazardous corner cases um, all day long. Danny, you've uh, also introduced what, what you call drive AV safety force field. Sounds, uh, sounds like a sci-fi movie. Computational defensive <laughs> driving policy to shield autonomous vehicles from collisions. Tell us the significance here. Now, the, the, thanks for bringing that up. That, that is really important. I think in the past we've talked about various parts of our Drive AV autonomous vehicle software stack. And uh, I think we've been recognized as, as the industry leader um, in our perception software. So all the different types of neural nets that are running in the car that have been trained from uh, vehicle and uh, pedestrian detection through you know, lane detection, signs, traffic signals, all of that. Um, and uh, our open road network, our weight net now, which is uh, able to detect places where the car needs to stop. So perception um, is world-class. We've also, over the last year, been talking about our drive mapping software, which is uh, localization. And so how we localize now 
uh, using sensor data to localize to the world's map. So we partner with here and TomTom and Baidu for China, NavInfo there, Zenrin in Japan. And so any automaker that is using NVIDIA Drive um, can then deploy their vehicles anywhere in the world uh, with our, our mapping and localization software. So this is kind of the third piece, the planning and control that we've been developing. So NVIDIA Safety Force Field is uh, a driving policy. Um, it's, it's, uh, there's a paper, actually, and, and we can make that available um, to you guys and, uh, and all your listeners and, and readers, Alan. Uh, the Safety Force Field white paper was led by David Nister, so he's our VP of Autonomous Vehicle Software. And uh, it's, it's a policy that looks at um, frame by frame the movements of all the surrounding vehicles, um, taking into consideration longitudinal and lateral constraints, ours and the other vehicles. And so it's predicting um, where everyone is, is moving, how they're moving, and will ensure that our autonomous vehicle never creates or contributes to an unsafe situation. So it's an extra layer of the software that will prevent um, collisions, essentially. I mean, obviously we can't control another vehicle hitting us, but we will never be the one to, to initiate that. And so this is a, a great layer for planning and control that we put into our software and making it available to industry to add as another safety layer within their planning and control software too. Yeah, that, that's fundamentally valuable, Danny, and it's really good that, that you're doing that piece. And there was talk about the... the the value of that in, in making automatic emergency braking systems work, which has been a, a real problem. Yeah, I think we've seen there's, there's cars with AEB, there's cars with lane keeping on the market today. And in some cases they work, but in many cases we're finding they aren't that robust. And um, consumer reports tests have shown that. The IIHS study recently showed um, that really only Tesla was effective at handling um, a lot of lane keeping around curves or hilly roads or things like that. And so a lot of other premium manufacturers have just not been able to um, to handle these, I wouldn't even call them corner cases, just basic driving. And so the promise of these level two systems really um, has come up short in many cases. And that's one of the reasons why we recently introduced our, our level two plus uh, to autopilot. We call it uh, Drive AP2X. That autopilot incorporates, again, the same kind of technology we're developing for higher levels of automation, but bringing it down um, into passenger vehicles and making it available as early as next year. And using surround sensors, using an AI supercomputer, running a lot of deep neural networks, uh, we're able to deliver much better emergency braking systems and, uh, and lane keeping and be able to also provide a lot of alerts. Uh, it includes a whole driver monitoring and intelligent cockpit experience to communicate with the driver, what is happening around the car, um, what the car senses, what the car is planning, and also to monitor that the driver is paying attention because Level 2 Plus still needs a driver in the loop. Yes, of course, uh, the driver's in the loop there, and that's what I call safe driving cars, and it it, it has amazed me over the past uh, uh, years is that uh, really the focus to make safe driving cars really hasn't been didn't seem to be such a priority and it's uh, it's really nice to see you really saying well it's not just level two so therefore my goodness we can't do it but my goodness that's where the real market is that's where the market is uh, right now that's what people would buy in the showrooms, uh, in a sense, um, and what it's what the insurance industry should be uh, certifying your your system to say, hey, 
my goodness, the, uh, uh, the liability implications of this vehicle have not been greatly reduced because of the system on board. Therefore, um, uh, we're going to give you a break on your insurance. And that break might even be enough to pay for this so that everybody is happy. You're happy. The driver's happy. And the insurance company has greater profits. Uh, it is still about profits. It's about the bottom line, not the top line, isn't it? But anyway, whatever. And I guess uh, saving lives is a pretty important thing, too. <laughs> well, no, it's not just saving lives. It's also just uh, not having the collisions because, you know, the, there are many more collisions there are many more injuries than sure. just lives. And so you know, I get what Danny's been talking about is just uh, putting systems in cars that basically um, stop them from crashing. Danny, you mentioned before this uh, further collaboration with uh, the Toyota Research Institute Advanced Development. Uh, tell us a, a little bit more about that. This is really an end-to-end -end kind of partnership that you're describing. That's right. We've uh, we've been working with Toyota for many, many years. And in fact, uh, you know, Gil Pratt, the, the CEO of TRI, I gave a keynote at GTC several years ago, uh, and then uh, in 2017 at the keynote, uh, we announced that Toyota was using our NVIDIA Drive platform for their self-driving programs. And so now this really builds on that and truly is end-to-end. -end. Um, Toyota uh, and their research institutes are, are using NVIDIA technology from the data center to train their neural networks. We have a unified architecture that spans from the cloud to the car. So that same technology they're using to train is what gets deployed in the car. And then, though, to bridge that, we use our drive constellation um, to, again, test and validate that actual hardware and software. So from training to simulating to driving, uh, Toyota and the Toyota Research Institute and TRIAD um, are all using NVIDIA for that, that pipeline. So it's, it's a great um, partnership that we have. We're, we're developing a lot of different programs with them. And uh, I think they'll be making some, some future announcements, of course, on details um, as vehicles get ready to, to roll out from this partnership. There have been quite a few other announcements uh, from NVIDIA, uh, your customers and partners as well. And I don't know if you want to highlight a few of those. Well, so as as we've been talking about, you know, Constellation, it's not just a, a fixed product, but it's it's an open platform that that uh, the ecosystem is building on. So there's a lot of partners that are participating with us. So companies like Cognata, the uh, simulation startup from Israel, they're doing a lot of great work with uh, with traffic models, and so they can take uh, traffic camera feeds and build real-world traffic models for simulation so we can ingest their traffic models um, rather than having to script car by car what we want to simulate against. Uh, IPG, the simulation company that the, the auto industry really depends on for decades, has developed a very complex vehicle dynamics models, and they have thousands of parameters. And so we integrate their vehicle dynamics into the Constellation and DriveSim software so that, again, we can leverage work that's already been done. We don't have to recreate it from scratch. Uh, but again, so the vehicle dynamics are accurately simulated along with us, you know, showing the, how the perception mapping and path planning work. Uh, companies like Parallel Domain help build virtual environments. They're a company that, that kind of came out of the gaming industry 
and they have the tools to ingest assets, build these environments, and then we can we can simulate that. So once a, a roadway, a town, whatever the environment is built, um, it doesn't have to be recreated from scratch. And there's, there's many other arts. Uh, we're working with Velodyne, so their LiDAR uh, is being brought into the simulator. So all the characteristics from their physical LiDAR are mirrored in simulation. Same with OnSemi for their cameras. So we have this very robust platform that will enable a lot of ecosystem partners then to, to leverage and help our customers, the automakers, the truck makers, ultimately simulate with much, much greater accuracy than ever before. So, sounds like an awful lot of progress is being made on the, on the technology side. But in our, in our last podcast, D- Danny, Alan and I talked uh, a bit about the latest survey from AAA that shows public confidence in the idea of self-driving vehicles sliding Nearly three-quarters of those questioned in, in this survey said they were afraid of all this. Tell us your thoughts about NVIDIA's role with things like Drive Constellation and more in, in trying to change public perception. Sure, that, that's a really good point. Um, I think people are often uh, afraid of what they don't know, and most people have not experienced a self-driving car, and all they know is what they read, and in many cases, They'll read the headlines, and if there's an incident, that's what they read, and that's what they know, and that forms their opinion. I think as we see more and more deployments, as we see trials becoming available, um, whether it's through simulation that we can do it or through organizations like PAVE, which is the Partnership for Autonomous Vehicle Education, which NVIDIA is a part of, there's a way that we're working to make sure that the public understands what the capabilities of autonomous vehicles are today and and really what's coming in the future. So I think there's a lot of benefits that people might not be aware of. And as we work to educate them, as we work to, to showcase first through simulation, but then prove that the technology is safe and give people an opportunity to ride in the vehicle, um, then they will change their opinion, I believe. At one of the... Uh, the exhibitors at GTC is a company called Designated Driver, and I had the chance to ride in one of their test vehicles. And in this case, it's not an autonomous vehicle that they were showing, but they were highlighting teleoperation. So the ability to have potentially an autonomous vehicle, if it gets stuck somewhere, to have somebody remotely be able to operate that vehicle and solve whatever problem it may have. And so I was, I was in a car, there was a safety driver in it who did nothing, but the car was being operated by somebody 700 miles away in Portland, Oregon. And the ride was smooth. The ride, you could not tell um, that it was being remotely controlled. And so at first I was a little skeptical. I'm like, how can you have somebody 700 miles away trying to drive this car? I sat in it for five minutes. We drove around downtown San Jose and instantly I'm like, Hey, this works. I feel comfortable about this. So that experience that firsthand experience is something that often is required for somebody who's who's not familiar with a particular technology well i'd also add to that and that's really good uh, danny but i think that the work you're doing uh, at the um on the safe driving car level is will also help because i think that uh, in terms of getting actual user experience with with systems that basically uh, cut in and intervene and keep people safe is is the real easy way for for at least some and and, and many people uh, to begin to um, to uh, trust the technology and before the we all get 
driven around and in without a steering wheel and so on. So uh, the work that you're doing in, 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 at uh, level two, my goodness, it's only level two, I think is really important um, uh, to uh, assist the, the public perception of, of the value of the technology. There are a couple other there are a couple of other stories we just want to highlight quickly from uh, the newsletter Alan. Uh, Ford is investing 850 million dollars to produce next-gen electric and autonomous vehicles in the US. Yeah, so that that's welcome news. I mean, uh, uh, Ford uh, has been um, has been trying to be out there in the front for some time and this is just um, another step um, along the way. Um, uh, as we know, um, uh, Ford at times were maybe afraid that all they're going to want to do is manufacture Ford F-150s. But I think uh, this and all their other investments and, and investments that Bill Ford has made certainly uh, uh, continue to uh, suggest that Ford is a, is a real player here. You also highlight Tesla filing a lawsuit against a, a former employee who worked on autopilot allegedly stole the source code of the semi-autonomous driving system for a Chinese EV startup. Uh, yes, I guess, uh, you know, Tesla's out there reporting both them and Zooks uh, somehow maybe uh, uh, taking some of their IP. The, the protection of the IP is is extremely important. Um, uh, and it's it's uh, something that all these companies have to have to worry about. Um it sort of fits into the safety and, and the perception of safety, though, a little bit, because uh, uh, one of the <clears throat> things that I've been calling out in the, in the newsletter is, is for the industry to cooperate on safety um, as opposed to competing on safety. And it's in everybody's interest to be as safe as possible. And even if one company helps out another on the safety end, it's better for everybody because, my goodness, uh, uh, the public perception is the important thing here. And we've had just <clears throat> too many um, examples in history where the, the perception of an entity just uh, took it south when, in fact, um, if that wouldn't have happened, um, an enormous amount of benefit could have been derived from it. So, um um, again, um, yes, IP has to be protected, uh, but the industry shouldn't be competing on, on, on safety. They should be cooperating on safety. And I think, um, well, I don't know Danny's opinion, but, uh, but if you look at, uh, at the, all the tools that, uh, that uh, NVIDIA and the hardware that NVIDIA is producing, it's really uh, trying to lift, um, uh, the, lift all ships. Uh, on the safety end. And so um, uh, that's a contribution to improve safety. From the section in the, in the newsletter that you call uh, Half-Baked is a story that says a company called Lane Cruise has announced a self-driving add-on kit. I see your eyebrows being raised right, right now. I think everybody can see the eyebrows being raised. Um, I, I think aftermarket products are really good, uh, but not now. Um, uh, this is it's it's too early, too serious, and um, and um, one has to be uh, uh, completely certain 
<clears throat> that the that the technology that uh, one is building is in fact uh, going to work and be safe, and to then uh, you know think that you can sell a kit and have a um, a consumer go down to Pep Boys or something and <laughs> put it in his car. I mean, I used to be a greaser one point in my life. I don't know, maybe I could, maybe I couldn't. But um, but to me, that just sends, um, sends uh, shivers up and down my spine, at least at this particular point. Uh, this is not simple, and some very, very talented people and major efforts are being made uh, around the world on, on this. <clears throat> and, um, and to think that, uh, oh, yeah, um, I'm just going to have a... Uh, I'm just going to be aftermarket and I can um, have my car drive itself is, I mean, Elon hasn't, hasn't even said that. So, I mean, that's just too wild for my taste. You can see the kit being advertised in the, in the, in the back of popular mechanics or something. You know, Alan, you'd get a kick out of this. So one of the things that uh, we were demonstrated here at GTC was kind of what you're saying, not really aftermarket, but we have our sensor kit that we make available for developers. And so there's a whole array of cameras, the radar, an optional LIDAR, and then everything feeds into uh, the AI computer, which is, is vital. It's not just putting something in, but you need to have the compute horsepower. So we have dozens of engineers that work on, on this. And so we um, have been showing our vehicles driving around. You've seen them in New Jersey. Sure. Um, we're working on a, a new vehicle, just again as a, a development tool, but as a Mercedes. And they spend weeks right on the integration and, and along with the, the manufacturer to understand then how to integrate uh, with the existing vehicle. But once we you know got that work done, we actually put it in the Constellation simulator. So we were projecting the simulated views and then our sensors on the vehicle were, were reading in everything that's getting fed into the drive. And then we were sending that back to the simulator. So it was hardware in the loop. But in this case, the hardware was in the car um, and going back to the, the simulator and displaying it. So it was a really great way to experience inside the vehicle what it would do. And then could also we were able to test the, uh, the driver monitoring system. And again, it wasn't just doing facial ID and facial tracking, but body pose and gestures and things like that, as well as being able to detect with cameras, is the driver you know, aware, awake, distracted, but are their hands on the wheel? Are they holding a phone? So again, using AI, sure. we can analyze all kinds of behaviors and give kind of customized and personal alerts. Yeah, and I, I think, yes, but that's that's a professional approach on this. Well, exactly. No, I'm saying that's not, the difference, right? It's, I mean, it's, it's not something it's you can do on your own. And it's really substantive. I, we're not at the Heathkit level. Uh, and, <laughs> exactly. And, uh, I guess nobody even knows what the Heathkit level I guess I just dated myself or something like that. But and and at some point, yes, it might get get to that. But my goodness, right now, this is serious business with serious folks uh, putting uh, serious people and serious amount of money uh, on here. And uh, and my goodness, uh, and everybody realizes you can't screw up. Uh, and so um, there's enormous pressure on everybody to make sure that, in fact, the, the systems are, do work and are safe. Uh, but if you run down the Pep Boys and install it, your, I don't know, I, that's, it just sends shivers up and down my spine. I don't know about <laughs> you, but um, um, 
I don't know that we're that far along yet. Well, before we go, Alan, some good news to report. Uh, here in New Jersey, the Benson's Wicker and Lampet measure creating a task force to study autonomous vehicles is now law. A significant step in the right direction. And Alan, you've certainly been a driving force, so to speak. Hooray. I mean, can you believe it? Uh, uh, something might actually be happening in New Jersey. Um, and it is, um, it is a hooray. It is that I think we're finally started uh, to seriously uh, look at the opportunities here. Um, uh, yes, it is only a task force. Uh, but I think it, it, it certainly is serious, uh, and um, and I and it's in the in the nation's largest market. So uh, when you look at the New York metropolitan area, uh, not necessarily Manhattan, but everything but Manhattan, uh, there is an enormous market for um, for all the, this technology, and it's it's a very happy day uh, for all of us to see that New Jersey. Um, New Jersey is finally stepping up. And so um, um, look for uh, great things to happen. Um, this is a real um, shot in the arm for the, and, and boost for the uh, Smart Driving Car Summit. Uh, uh, we expect to be, get, uh, be doing demonstrations there uh, with serious people focused, um, as you know, on mobility disadvantage uh, as, as, a, uh, as a market and a, a a pool uh, in a first uh, application for uh, driverless technology in New Jersey. And, um, and I think there's a real appetite for it. So um, uh, it is a happy day. Danny could be good news for NVIDIA too. You've got a presence here where you've been doing a lot of work on this. Well, yeah, of course. it's a good news for NVIDIA, too, because guess what? It'll probably be NVIDIA stuff in, in all these things and run around. So, you know, right. Okay. I think, I don't know, Danny, you tell me. No, we have, um, you're right, we have fleets of cars everywhere that we're, we're working with, as well as then partners all over the United States and the globe. So I think it's, it's great news. And that is it for this edition. We want to thank uh, you, Danny, uh, the Director of Automotive at NVIDIA, for, for joining us. Really appreciate it, Danny. Thank you. Thanks. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and wherever you get your podcasts. Ask your smart speaker to play us, too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Fred and Danny.